This is Voices of Public Health, the JSI podcast. Hi, I'm Brenda Singh, JSI's Communications Coordinator. Today with me is Darrell Fox. Darrell is a community health worker and health equity consultant at JSI. So Darrell, can you talk a little bit what your areas of focus are? Yeah, my areas of focus um, in the last two decades of my life, as well as with JSI, have been around CHW leadership development, policy, training education, and financing to support CHW job sustainability and workforce development. I also uh, work in the areas of addressing and achieving health equity, as well as public health, healthcare, and community linkages. So I also know you recently presented at the second annual Boston Medical Center Patient Navigator, Care Coordinator, and Community Health Workers Symposium at the Boston University School of Medicine. How was that? And can you elaborate a little further about what the focus of the symposium was? Yeah, it was great. The, the focus of the symposium uh, was on the power of team, integrated team approaches to care. The title was The Role of Community Health Workers um, and building collaborative partnerships in the new accountable care organization. We discussed some of the details of the new Boston Medical Center accountable care organization model. We discussed, uh, we focused on things like the CHW integration into care teams. We also addressed best practices related to housing for health and strategies to address the social determinants of health. Okay, uh, we'll take a moment now and give our listeners a chance to listen to a snippet of your speech. That's kind of, I mean, that's like the foundation of what we do, connecting with people, places, connecting our clients, our families, our communities to services, et cetera, um, and, and, and uh, addressing the social terms of health. So I'll talk a little about that. So we were on a journey with the American Public Health Association, CHW section, to develop a nationally recognized definition for our workforce. Uh, when I first started in the field in the early 90s, we were um, disconnected. Uh, we were not unified. We had all these titles, and we all kind of were separate in our worlds. Maternal child health, HIV, folks who worked in different uh, parts of, of, the, of the field but doing some of the similar work. So we worked hard on this definition. It was a, probably about an eight-year journey uh, to create this through the APHA CSW section. And now this definition you see before you is, is recognized by the federal agencies, is recognized internationally, is recognized locally. I urge all of you all to become more familiar with the, the definition because part of the movement is about ensuring that those of us who are part of this workforce, as well as our allies and partners, understand what we're doing. Now, DPH, as have many states, they tried to kind of bring the definition. When you look at the original definition, there's a lot of people of different professions that say, well, I fit in there. And so what a lot of states have done is to try to make it more focused, a, a more functional definition. And so that's this what you see before you. And a lot of words, it's very similar. Every piece that you see bolded are pieces from the national definition. But you'll notice that they also added a piece to talk about the uniqueness. Part of the movement has been about differentiating CHWs, promotoras, CHRs from other professions um, for different reasons. When you're looking for funding, you have to say, you know, we're unique because of this. We can do this maybe different than another, we can assist another profession. So although we've always been collaborative, although we've always built partnerships uh, with different professions, we've had to, in order for survival, talk about our unique, the unique nature of the CHW. And so you'll see that we're normally hired because of our understanding of being part of a population that we serve, 
Um, another piece that might differentiate is that we do a lot of our work outside of the four walls of an institution. Um, now that there's a lot more home visiting happening um, around the country, uh, we're doing a lot more in people's homes. Um, um, and we can provide services, whether they be in clinical, community settings, on the street, in the boardroom, we're able to kind of crisscross these uh, places. Um, we always try to show the umbrella. In our state, we've embraced patient navigators and many other titles as part of the CHW umbrella. There are some states that do not. And so I just want to um, urge you to kind of take a look around the country and see how others are doing this. We're trying to do this in the true collaborative spirit by bringing us together because there is strength and unity. And when you're doing advocacy and policy development, it's critical that you can tell people this is our defined workforce and this is how many folks we have out in the field. Uh, are we a new workforce, CHWs? No, we just happen to be around and people said, hey, there's a new workforce that's emerging. People use emerging, people use new. Things that are new are some of the labels and titles, some of that driven by funding, et cetera. But we've been around for years. Um, but in the past, in the early 1900s, there was some documented efforts in Philadelphia during an outbreak of a plague where people knocked on doors, people checked on folks, people helped get people connected to care. And that might be some of the early days in the US. Some countries have discovered us centuries ago, value and respect us in the same way that they respect some clinical folks. The, um, the modern day history of community health workers began being written with the uh, emergence of community health centers. Geiger opened two health centers in two different areas. And I don't know if there was a method behind that madness, but it showed the, that you really needed to have you know, the urban centers, Dorchester, that was a, you know, a nice placement for a community health center. But rural Mississippi was in much need of a place where people could go to get health care, to access services, et cetera. Um, in the 90s, tons of energy, tons of people from our workforce coming together, uh, different conferences, trainings. Maternal Child Health was one of the first out the gate, HIV AIDS. But then the broader community of CHWs began coming together at places like the American Public Health Association. We also started having our own national conferences as well. Uh, present day, we have some strong, solid work happening at, still at APHA. Um, it started in the 1970s with a, a group called the New Professional SPIG, or Special Primary Interest Group, and grew to become the CHW section not that long ago. A little bit of history with that one. We have over 45 um, CHW networks, alliances, associations, coalitions. Uh, we have some states that have many. We have other states that have one statewide, et cetera. Um, we began to become more recognized, and we really started to really define our scope of practice, which um, there wasn't a lot um, in print about our particular um, scope of practice uh, and the, the breadth and depth of it. So there you have it. In your speech, you talked about how you worked on finding a nationally recognized definitions for community health workers. Can you talk about what the definition is and elaborate further how that process was for you? Yeah, I mean, there were several meetings during the 90s and, and early 2000s where we discussed some local, state, and national advocacy efforts for our CHW workforce. And we also talked about the need to unite the many titles that community health workers fall under to one term, and that's where the CHW term, community health worker, was coined for us. And we also felt that we needed a nationally recognized definition. So the American Public Health Association Community Health Worker Section worked with CHWs from around the country 
and allies to develop a national definition. The national definition is a community health worker is a frontline public health worker who is a trusted member of and or has an unusually close understanding of the community served. This trusting relationship enables the worker to serve as a liaison link or intermediary between health, social services, and the community to facilitate access to services and improve the quality and cultural competence of service delivery. A community health worker also builds individual and community capacity by increasing health knowledge and self-sufficiency through a range of activities, such as outreach, community education, informal counseling, counseling, social support, and advocacy. This is a long definition, but it took us a long, <laughs> it took us a while to get to this place uh, with input from all over the country, and we wanted to keep the organic nature of the CHRE workforce mm -hmm. evident, but we also wanted to build in the many uh, core pieces of our role. So how did people react to the definition when you released it? Were people pretty happy about it and yeah. thought it was encompassing? Yeah, people embraced it because people had, on local levels, that under, kind of understood who CHWs were. But on a national level, there was no kind of cohesive definition. Mm -hmm. So no matter where you were in the country, if you said CHW, the people would understand this is who you're talking about. So people embraced it. And matter of fact, right away, people started using it for policy. For mm -hmm. instance, we submitted it to the federal government because prior to 2009, there was no federal job classification code for CHWs. So that when you get your census every 10 years, and you put your profession, you couldn't put CHW before. Mm -hmm. So we used that definition to apply for a definition for CHWs and were successful. So now, as of 2009, we use that definition to create a federal job classification code. And do people take that definition and like adapt it to themselves locally as well? Yeah, yeah. So there are some, like for instance, even in Massachusetts, um, in Massachusetts or in some states um, where they've already actually had a local definition, they've either enhanced their definition or they they actually um, refer to this definition as well as the national. Okay. So I know from 2000 to 2018, you worked with a team on the Community Health Worker Core Consensus, the C3 project, and looked at core competencies and skills of community health workers. Can you talk a little bit about the different roles and skills that were identified? Yeah, I mean, so the C3 project from 2014 to 2018 really built upon years of development of the CHW scope of practice and basically reviewed some of the commonly recognized lists of CHW core role skills and attributes that were already in place across the country. And over three years, we reviewed uh, any studies, surveys, publications related to the CHW core roles, and we used a participatory method to develop consensus on a contemporary list of CHW skills and roles, uh, which included input from hundreds of community health workers, our allies and partners, including representatives from over 26 of the approximate 40 uh, either statewide or local CHW networks and associations in the country. Once that process was, was done, we had a final list of national CHW core roles, and those roles include providing culturally appropriate health education and information, care coordination, case management, and system navigation, providing coaching and social support, advocating for individuals and communities, building individual and community capacity, providing direct services, implementing individual and community assessments, 
conducting outreach and one of the newer roles is participating in evaluation and research. So how important was it for you and other community health workers to identify the roles? It was critical because that, I mean, the, the foundation of the CHW scope of practice, I think, is still being shaped as we speak. And uh, most of the training programs around the country pretty much use a standardized curriculum or a very similar curriculum. And it was critical to have those core roles reflected, particularly in our core training as well as in our continuing training. Mm -hmm. So it was important to have a, a list of roles and skills that are real, that reflect what the workforce is actually doing today in the U.S., and that can inform our efforts around looking for things like credentialing, like financial sustainability for the workforce, you know, like reimbursement, et cetera. Mm -hmm. so. And do you think these roles and skills will also evolve over time as the role changes? Yeah, and that's and that's what the, the C3 process was about. It was about looking back at time over the last two decades and seeing that, for instance, years ago, we didn't really have a, a role um, that was specific anywhere in print related to our role in evaluation and research. Uh -huh. And if you look over the last decade, maybe even the last decade and a half, CHWs have played a critical role as key informants, as working with communities to get them involved in research and, and definitely being involved in community-based participatory research. And so that was a new skill that we added mm -hmm. in C3 um, to reflect what was really happening in the field. Awesome. So I know you talked about a lot about community health workers, and so I'm really curious as well, like what do you think really sets you apart from the other professions? Yeah, I, I always, this is always a tough question because uh, I value all of the professions, um, health, public health, clinical, non-clinical. CHWs are unique because of the combination of skills that we possess and also because of our knowledge of and connection to the community and the clients we serve. Normally CHWs actually are serving clients who are from the same communities they're from. And by community, I mean geography, I mean sexuality, might be age, might be race, nationality. So we usually reflect both the clients we're serving. We also have those core roles that make us unique because they help us enable us to serve as a bridge and connection to the community while working across various silos, policies and systems of healthcare, public health and human services. Mm -hmm. And so that kind of makes us unique. Um, I think there's many professions that um, do some of the things that CHWs do, but I don't believe there's any one profession that does all of the things that CHWs do. Mm -hmm. um, so what are some of the current challenges that you think CHWs face today? Yeah, it's tough. Um, I mean, one of the main and key pieces is we're still a workforce estimated to be over 100,000 in the U.S. alone, that is primarily paid by soft, cyclical, categorical funding. And so uh, CSWs face many challenges related to job sustainability, living wages, and workforce development, including things like access to core continuing training. We also take a holistic approach to serving our clients and communities, and that is not always supported um, by the funding that comes in due to the kind of the nature of the categorical cyclical funding that supports the bulk of our workforce. For instance, if I'm a community health worker working with a family and I'm working with an adult who has HIV, but I go into the home and there are children who have needs or there's a grandparent who might have some needs around hypertension or diabetes or asthma, I will probably take the time to assist that family in navigating those. Although my funding source is focused on HIV, we always take a holistic approach to serving our mm -hmm. families and our communities. 
and the funding hasn't quite caught up to that yet. So we always mm -hmm. have to do that balance in that role. So I'm really <clears> curious about your experience as well. I know you had over two decades of being a community health worker, and as you were saying, there's a lot of challenges that you face. So what keeps you in the field? What keeps you like passionate about this? And because yeah. two over two decades is a long time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when I started in '91, we were just starting to gel as a workforce around the country, and um, I think that basically what kept me here is that hope and that passion. Um, part of uh, my upbringing was with a um, my mom was a anti-poverty um, agency person for a while. She she had a, a program called the Iraqspur APAC, part of Action for Boston Community Development. And so growing up, she was a community organizer. We used to have meetings in the house. I kind of had something in my blood that kind of pushed me towards working in the field. And then since I've been in the field, I've seen the growth and development. I've seen us become more valued and respected members of teams. And I think that keeps me going through the struggles. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and so now you're a health equity consultant at JSI. Um, so you can talk about some of the different projects you're working on now and some mm -hmm. different things that you're doing. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's been great working here at JSI. I've been here since um, 2015. I started out working basically 100% of my time on a project for two years called the Massachusetts Department of Public Health Prevention and Wellness Trust Fund, um, which um, uh, coordinated uh, work across the state and nine communities uh, with approximately 70 CHWs and clinical and non-clinical teams working on hypertension, diabetes, asthma, and preventing senior falls. I then shifted um, recently to working on some National Healthy Start Initiative related projects, including a online CHW training program for Healthy Start CHWs, which is available to anyone who would like to use that platform, the Epic Center. And now starting some work on um, some fatherhood programming for the, for the National Healthy Start Initiative. I've been working for about a year now on a great comprehensive HIV program in Rhode Island called Coexist, which is supporting team-based approaches to care and services for people living with HIV AIDS. And a key focal point is integration of housing and behavioral health um, into healthcare and public health um, activities. Also working um, on a project related to a national evaluation of the AIDS education and training centers. Also working on a community health needs assessment project and a major project I'm currently working on, um, just one of the newest projects, is mm -hmm. a project with the Massachusetts Department of Public Health Office of CHWs, working to support the upcoming statewide CHW certification um, and some of the other workforce development efforts uh, being guided by our state mm -hmm. health department. So where do you see yourself in five years from now or ten? <laughs> um, five years from now, uh, I see myself not being in New England but being in Atlanta, Georgia. But I still see myself, although I'm moving to a different region, mm -hmm. still continuing to work on things like the Regional Health Equity Council, still working on local and national CHW-related projects. And I'll probably stay involved in HIV AIDS, which I've been involved with since I started in the field. Um, so I see myself doing some of the same things, just at a different location. Okay. Well, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. And thanks for everyone tuning in. Thank you for listening to Voices of Public Health, the JSI podcast.